Welcome, Troy, to Plateau Partners Pulse, our podcast that um, highlights all of the different members in our group. I love uh, the fact that I get to talk with everybody and everyone is so different in what they do. And I think that you are one of the businesses, the tagline that we've come up for the podcast is because it is your business and, you know, people that are going to be hiring us um, as small businesses and businesses in general, it's, you know, they need to be listening to what we do. And as business owners, we know better than anyone else how to talk about what we do. So welcome to our podcast. And I've already said you're Troy Hunter. Tell our listeners what you do who you are. I am a personal injury attorney with Injury Law Group Northwest. We represent people injured or damaged by the negligence and carelessness of others. So you're an ambulance chaser. That, 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 is, that is one of those reputational things that we honestly think that insurance companies you know, kind of promote and put out there so that people don't call us. I, and we will talk about that later on, but I just had to get that in there. <laughs> That's awesome. And I have hired you. So I know that you're not an ambulance chaser. And in fact, you are awesome. Thank you. Well, you know, so you just shared with me what it is um, your business does and does so well. How long have you been in BNI now? Uh, in BNI, about a year and a half. I keep saying it just seems like longer. I like. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's totally a good thing. You know, consider yourself at home. So what do you appreciate about BNI generally? Um, Having BNI be part of now your business networking? Um, Access, both socially and professionally with really high quality individuals. It's well put. Wow. Okay. What about our chapter? What do you like specifically about our chapter? The same. I mean, the group uh, is comprised of just amazing people, so great at what they do and such great people. Uh, so it just I've, my friendship base has grown as much as my professional network has grown. Mm-hmm. It's really true, um, which dovetails nicely into the words like, know and trust are the words that when you're a BNI member, you hear all the time about getting to know, like, and trust um, other members in BNI. And so given those are the words associated with BNI, what are three words that are associated with you? So I took a, a survey on this one, and uh, <laughs> the, the summary seems to be relentless, savvy, and compassionate. Nice. That, I would agree with that. Thank I, you. I approve of this message. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you want somebody that is relentless, but the fact that it's combined with compassionate, you know, there's there's a reason there and it's the softer side of being relentless. And if you're going to have to hire somebody as a personal injury lawyer, you certainly want somebody that's going to be relentless for justice. So, and that's going to take a savvy approach. So, I, okay, I'm I'm down with that. So tell me something that your clients don't know about you. And I tell everybody this, and I'm sure listeners will get bored of me saying it, but it's it's not so much to be like a fun fact. It's to me, these little details are the points of connection that show people who you are when you're not doing what you do. That one was kind of 
tough. But one thought is, is that I worked as a death scene investigator for a medical examiner's office for a time, um, which was fascinating work. Wow. It gives you an amazing perspective on life and how fleeting it can be and random. And also just really fed into my skills as an investigator to really dig into the facts, the who done it, why it happened, how it happened. Sure. Well, I think there's such a big component that, especially if it's been a car accident to, you know, to visit the scene and get a sense of what went down. And, um, you know, anytime anything happens, there's all the versions of the truth. And then there's the one that's like, this really happened. So I think probably that skill has really served you well in your profession. It has. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. What would you say is a top frequently asked question that you get? Oh, we will talk about this uh, later, but uh, the number one question I get is how much do you cost? Yeah. How much do you charge? Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of funny, again, the misconception that people have about personal injury attorneys, we don't charge anything. We're not like a business attorney who bills by the hour. So it doesn't cost anything to call us and ask us a question. It doesn't cost anything to consult with us. It doesn't cost anything to retain us. We only get paid if and when we recover money for our clients. Until then, we're free. Fascinating. I think that's definitely something that needs to get out there because there's a huge misconception about that. And I suspect that a lot of people hesitate thinking that it's one more expense that I can't afford in this situation. Right. Um, okay. So I've been ending all of these questions with my favorite question of all, which is, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Always always witty. I would add <laughs> witty as another descriptor for Troy Hunter. Um, okay. Well, now that we got the hard questions out of the way, um, we're going to take a very quick break and let's come back and let's talk more about your why. Okay. I'm Sounds a big good. fan of that. All right. We'll be right back. Accidents can happen in a flash, but the claims process grinds to a halt when insurance companies try to escape responsibility. At Injury Law Group Northwest, our attorneys have over 15 years of experience defending insurance companies. Now we use this knowledge to fight for personal injury victims and get them the justice they deserve for auto collisions, medical malpractice, slip trip falls, construction industries, recreational accidents, and more. Visit us at InjuryLawGroupNW.com and schedule a free consultation. Injury Law Group Northwest. We give hope. We get results. We are back with Troy Hunter of Injury Law Group Northwest. And we were talking in our short break about how you were a death scene um, investigator, which I was like, whoa, fascinating. So how do you then make that transition? You know, why that? Why this now? Mm -hmm. Um how did you get to there or how did you get from there to here? Well, one of the reasons I had that job is that I was grooming myself to be an, an applicant for the prosecuting attorney's office. I'd always been interested in criminal law and I went to law school with the idea that when I got out, I was going to be a criminal prosecuting attorney. Um, and I had done everything in my power to make myself the perfect candidate. 
And then when I went to apply, I had a friend who was an insider at the prosecuting attorney's office. And he said, yeah, Troy, don't bother. I'm like, what do you mean don't bother? I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. I'm a perfect candidate. He's like, well, you know, we've been getting a lot of pressure lately to, for being a white man's club. Uh-huh. And we've gotten the order now to diversify, diversify, diversify. Okay. And I couldn't begrudge them that. I, you know, I couldn't, you sure. know, make a bunch of noise. It's like, oh, it's not a bad idea. Maybe you should diversify. So I took those skills as a trial attorney and went to work in the civil side. Okay. Um, and I went to work and worked for 16 years working defending insurance companies from personal injury claims. So you were on the other side. I was on the other side. Some would say the dark side. It took me 16 years to learn that I was coming at it from the wrong side of the issue. And I'd like to kind of tell a little story about a recent case that really demonstrates why I know I'm on the right side of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Tell. I'm excited. I had a a client recently. We'll call her Linda. um, 31-year-old single mother of an eight-year-old daughter, Lily. Um, She was struggling to get by working as a prison nurse. And I always have to stop and think about that because she was caring for people that most people didn't care whether or not they got care. Right. Right. She finally saved up enough money to get a new car. So she had reliable transportation. One day she's going to the store, Lily in the back seat. She stops at an intersection when a Mercedes SUV going 90 miles an hour tears around the corn, smashes into the side of her car. Oh. And keeps on going. And Linda is worried about Lily. Is she okay? She herself has a concussion and other serious injuries. Luckily, a cop car was close behind and and called uh, the ambulance. Why there was a cop car close behind is because the driver of that Mercedes, we'll call him Clyde, was being chased in a high-speed chase as a suspected bank robber. Oh, my gosh. Because of the injuries she sustained, Linda ended up losing her job, losing her apartment, having to live out of that crushed car and sent her daughter to live with her sister until she could get back on her feet. Oh my gosh. Who's being treated like the criminal in that situation? Right. The insurance company for the Mercedes was refusing to pay anything for her injuries, her treatment, anything. And they had two bases for denying her claim. One that the accident occurred while Clyde was committing a felony. And they said there's an exclusion for that, so we're not paying because he was committing a felony. Secondly, the car he was driving, the Mercedes, was purchased for Clyde and his estranged wife, we'll call her Bonnie. I see what you did there. Get a theme. (laughs) Uh, For them, and but he and his wife were estranged. She kicked him out. She got a restraining order against him. So the insurance company said he didn't have permissive use of the Mercedes. So therefore, for those two reasons, we're not paying on this claim. And that's why Linda was having a really hard time finding a personal injury attorney that would take her case. She came in, she told me her story, and I was just, I had to do something to try and help her. Sure. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to help her, but I had to try. So one of the things I immediately did was file the lawsuit and take the deposition of the estranged wife, Bonnie. I love taking depositions. They're my favorite part of litigation. I'm like squirming thinking about it. <laughs> they are they are me and the witness, them trying to hide the truth, me trying to get it. Okay. One on one. Now, was Bonnie protecting estranged Clyde or was she like 
that ass wipe, I'm throwing him under the bus. <laughs> no, she was trying to protect Clyde. Interesting. Well, because she's ultimately trying to protect her own self, I'm sure. Her own self. What we quickly found out after doing a deep dive investigation and her deposition was that her and Clyde weren't as estranged as she was trying to lead everybody to believe. A neighbor, in fact, we'll call her Mrs. Kravitz, saw them that morning together in the Mercedes driving off the property and coming back. Knowing that there was a restraining order, Mrs. Kravitz called the police and said, he's here, he's not supposed to be here. So the police responded. When the police responded was when Clyde was leaving the property, driving the Mercedes, and the high-speed chase ensued. I am bewitched by this story. So I not only was able to establish that they had an ongoing relationship, that he used the car regularly, that he did have permissive use, but I also found out that after she saw the police take off after Clyde and her Mercedes, she called a friend to come get her. And I said, well, why did you call a friend? What were you going to do? Well, I was going to go track down Clyde. How were you going to do that? He was in the middle of a high-speed chase. Well, my car has a GPS tracker in it that I can track with my cell phone. Did you tell the police that? No. Did you even think about telling the police that? No. Did you think about telling the police that you could track the car that Clyde was driving so they didn't have to chase him at 90 miles an hour through the neighborhood, putting the general public and my client at risk? Oh, no. good. <laughs> so... After that deposition, I wrote to the insurance company. It took them about a week to offer their policy limits to settle the claim. It wasn't a lot of money. Their policy limits are $25,000 for personal injuries wow. and $10,000 for a property damage. It didn't cover her damages, but it meant everything to her to get her back on her feet. Absolutely. That's amazing. Good for you. I mean, A, as I said, I was bewitched by the story. I like... Mrs. Kravitz and Bonnie and Clyde and oh my gosh. Um, but the fact that, you know, kidding aside, in these kind of situations, truth is just way harsher than fiction. And, you know, here's a woman that you already have to be a unique person to be a nurse, but then to be a prison nurse and to be a single mother and to have all of these things piled against you and then to be treated like essentially you're the criminal. Um you know, so it makes perfect sense that you switch sides and yeah. Well, what I, what was pointed out to me recently, um, and I hadn't really figured out cause I hadn't stopped to think about it was that I finally figured out an area of law where I can stop the bad guy mm -hmm. and the bad guy is the insurance industry. I work to get my clients justice for the wrongs done to them through no fault of their own. They didn't ask to be hurt. Right. Well, even your tagline. Share what your tagline is. Injury Law Group Northwest. We get what you deserve. I love that. Because, you know, as you say, nobody deserves to be in a situation that, you know, it's it's not just an accident, like something has happened to them. And, you know, and it's not always a car accident. It can be, um, you know, your kid's uh, toy box, the handle or whatever comes down too hard and your kid, you know, 
loses their little finger. Well, I mean, it's a yeah, thing. Like now they have the little things that make them come down slower. And I'm like, right. back in my day, <laughs> we just had to, um, we had a Mercedes, not one that was driven in a felony car chase, by the way, but we had a Mercedes that the the back part was broken. And we used to joke that like you would be guillotined. Like it became like a verb um, <laughs> because if you didn't move like fast enough, it was like, Ksh. so, you know, I think of that, but you know, so often I think people think of um, a personal injury lawyer as like just with car accidents. But I mean, you're helping with people with so much more than that. Well, we do, we do all aspects of accidents. Um, injury causing incidents, whether it be a car accident involving a car, a truck, motorcycle, bicycle, whether it be a recreational vehicle, boating. We also do medical malpractice plaintiff work. We do premises liability. So for businesses and homeowners that have conditions that they should have fixed or repaired or that they knew were dangerous. It's the damn hose on my walkway. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta move the hose on my walkway. <laughs> that would be a good idea, Stacey. Okay. I will take it under advisement. See, look at that free advice. <laughs> it cost me nothing. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. So I'm really, there's a whole depth and breadth to what you do. And, you know, obviously you're then trying to get what your clients, as you say, deserve. And really what's standing in the way of them getting what they deserve is insurance companies obviously trying to not pay out so that they can... Yeah. Exactly. And see, and, and, and people just don't understand the insurance industry and they shouldn't. I mean, who would want to understand the insurance industry? Uh, you, you, it's a thing that you pay your premiums and you hope you never need it. And, but when you do need it, insurance companies single goal is to save money right? by paying as little as possible, if anything. And our job is to make them see exactly what their risk and their liability is so that we can get what our clients deserve. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, and the fact that you have such a unique insight after 16 years on the other side, that gives you, there's that word savvy, right? So you can be relentless and savvy in getting what your clients need. So, what I didn't realize in that 16 years is that I always wanted to be a prosecuting attorney because I always wanted to get the bad guy. What I didn't realize is for 16 years, I was working on the civil equivalent side of being a defense attorney, helping the insurance companies get away with murder. And that's not me. So when I switched to representing the personal injury clients, I was finally doing what I was meant to do. Well, on that note, I need a sip of water. Because I'm verklempt. <laughs> so we're going to take a, another quick break, and then we will come back with Troy Hunter. You've worked hard to build your life and business. Can you protect them if needed? Do you know where to start? Any lawyer can provide information and advice. A good lawyer will help resolve challenges that arise. I'm Justin Park of Romero Park. Our lawyers provide advice unique to your situation and advocate for you by finding creative and cost-sensitive solutions that protect you. We care because even when it's just business, it's still personal. Visit RomeroPark.com or call 425-450-5000. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Podcast. I am with Troy Hunter, and we were being regaled by a 
sadly true but compelling story for why you know, further evidence as to why you kind of switch sides, if you will. Okay. Let's say, let's say you tripped on my hose coming up the walkway. What is the difference between being somebody that's just being like litigious, which, you know, I feel like it's like the phrase Karen, right? Um, everybody's now calling everyone else like a Karen, somebody that's complaining. So when are you being a Karen that's complaining about everything? And when are, is it appropriate to reach out to someone like you to see if there's some validity to your situation? Well, I say that if somebody's involved in an injury accident, if you've been hurt in some way, shape or form, and it wasn't your fault, you should always talk to an attorney, always. I've consulted many clients and said, I don't really think you have a claim um, that you can pursue. So I advise them that, you know, it doesn't look like you're too hurt. doesn't look like there's real liability here. You know, might want to consider just moving on. Right. Um, and then other times I hear cases and I'm just like, you have to have an attorney and it doesn't have to be me. You don't have to retain us, right? but you have to have an attorney help you with this. It's too big. It's too much. And you're entitled to so much. Get an attorney. What I think is interesting, and I'm, I'm painting with a really wide brush here, I know. I feel like it's those people that are hesitating very often and thinking like, this is just the way it is. You know, this happened and, you know... It's almost like because in an accident, you're participating, not as the person that, you know, just the fact that you were there, right? Right. Um, I think people automatically then assume that they're somehow culpable or they're part of the problem or whatever it is. And so then you end up thinking, you know, well, I mean, I'm the one that tripped over the hose or, you know, I'm the one that got guillotined by Stacy's Mercedes hood thing. So therefore, since I was there, um, you know, I somehow was involved in it. And so then there's a hesitation to reach out and and do anything. Why do you think people are always so hesitant to do that? There's lots of different reasons. One is what you mentioned earlier, ambulance chaser. You know, there's a, a misconception as to who we are and what we do, um, you know, and how much we cost that and people say, I'm not litigious. I don't want to add to the problem or create the problem. Or I, I think I was at least partially at fault. Well, all those things can come into play in figuring out what your claim is worth. If you have a claim, you know, you can have fault in your own injury and still have somebody else also be contributorily negligent. Mm -hmm. And so for their percentage of liability to you, then you're compensated. Let's say it's 50-50. You think you're half at fault? Well, then the other party is at least half responsible for your injuries. Yeah, I never really thought about that. I mean, I, I think there's such, you know, as you say, there's such a negative connotation to pursuing anything when it happens. And I think people do think, great, I'm going to you know, call somebody, it's going to cost me money to talk with them. They're just going to tell me like, no, you don't have a case and you're, you know, being overdramatic. And, you know, obviously none of those are the reality. Correct. You know, you really have to, you're like a salmon swimming upstream, trying to change the perception of injury lawyers everywhere. Oh, now you just said that because of our logo. It, I did. <laughs> I, well, your logo's really good. It's great. In fact, I mean, what is your logo, Trey? 
Uh, it's a leaping salmon uh, right next to the letters ILG. Oh, that's so interesting. What a coincidence that I brought that up. Um, so, you know, I think the fact that um, that people do hesitate to call um, and, you know, you see advertisements for personal injury lawyers everywhere and it feels like it's all over the place and it does give what you do a bad name. And you, I mean, as I said, I've hired you to help me out with a family friend and it's all the opposite and really protecting. And, and the fact that I've been able to go to you to get clarification on things to, you know, protect this person that I love and make sure that they're not taken advantage of because, you know, you're right. You do need to have insurance and it's smart to have insurance, but then that insurance can come back and bite you. And so to have you help explain it and understand it and to have you there as an advocate and a resource for people is huge. I know you're located in Issaquah, but that doesn't in any way mitigate where you're able to practice. Is that correct? That's correct. I've litigated cases within all four corners of Washington state. I've had cases from Bellingham to Vancouver, Walla Walla to Spokane. So it's nice to know that, you know, whether it's a referral and word of mouth or, you know, our daughter went to school in Spokane. And so knowing that somebody that I know could represent her if something had happened while she was at school or whatever it is, that's such a great resource to have in your back pocket that, you know, you're not bound by, oh, I can only do this in King County, that you can really go anywhere. Right. I mean, people come up with a lot of reasons to talk themselves out of calling an attorney, but, you know, you wouldn't give yourself an appendectomy and I don't recommend that anybody act as their own lawyer without consulting with a professional. Well, and what's interesting is if, you know, I feel like if you're talking with a friend or your your kid, um, you know, I'll use our daughter as an example. If she had been in some kind of an accident and it made it difficult for her to do her job or it somehow changed the course of what she was able to do or how she was able to do it or how she could get there or whatever it is, and it impacted her life in some way, my advice would be to contact you. And so what's interesting is that we don't allow ourselves the same thing when it's related to us. It's true. Most people don't like to be a whiner. You know, it's one of the things I find with a lot of my clients when they have to have their deposition testimony taken by the defense attorney. I tell them, I said, you have to be honest. And when I mean you have to be honest, that means if they ask you, how are you doing? The answer isn't fine. Fine's a four-letter word. Because that's what everybody wants to do. They don't want to be the whiner. They don't want to seem like somebody who's grousing or complaining. And so they'll just say, I'm fine. Right. No, it's like, I'm no, tell them fine. how you really feel. I'm like, lie down, everybody, because it's gonna, this is going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. I mean, fine is a four-letter word. I mean, you know. Ask any husband who's heard his wife say, I'm fine. <laughs> How fine is she? <laughs> Not so fine. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a follow-up question about Linda because now I'm very worried about her and Lily. So, you know, you helped her out, which I'm sure was, as you say, it was 
not a um, a windfall, um, but enough to get her back on her feet so that she could do what she needed to do. Are there other things then that you're able to, you know, to help her with? So, you know, here she was living out of her car. So, you know, great, you got her some money, but in terms of like counseling or in terms of, you know, just resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now, of course, I'm feeling very invested in Linda and Lily. (laughs) We we do. We have quite a a database of support and resources that we provide to our clients because sadly, Linda's story happens a lot. People get hurt by people who maybe don't have insurance or the insurance company is refusing to pay and they can't work. If they can't work, they don't have income. If they don't have an income, they lose their home. Um, if they don't have health insurance, perhaps, then they're not getting treated and their injuries aren't getting better. And so we provide resources to our clients who are kind of stuck in that catch 22 and help them either get out of it or at least keep their head above water while we deal with the the lawsuit while we deal with the insurance company trying to get them that money to help them out for example if they can't get treatment um, we know a lot of different providers and a lot of different specialties that will float the bill they will with a letter from us provide the care knowing that when we resolve the case we'll satisfy the bill Oh, that's, I mean, you know, you talk about keeping your head above water. I mean, when you're treading water, waiting for something to not have to be holding on to the burden of what's going on, it makes it so much easier to tread water. I mean, there is nothing worse than treading water when I was a lifeguard when I was in high school. And, you know, when you're treading water, trying to hold on to somebody and something, it brings you down. But the fact that you're lifting that burden for your clients or prospective clients it just makes it easier for them to do that then, which is huge. That's really interesting that you mentioned that because it's actually one of the other blockades that people misperceive about calling uh, an attorney and retaining an attorney. They think that they don't have the strength, the time, the ability to take on a case. It's exactly the wrong thinking. We take on the case. We take on that burden. We relieve all of that from you. You don't have to deal with the insurance company. You don't have to deal with the attorneys. And we'll help you corral your medical bills and your medical treatment and get them all under one umbrella, ours, so that then if there's any negotiation that needs to be done, floating of bills, we take care of that so that you don't, all you have to do is concentrate on trying to get better. That's a huge source of relief. I mean, especially if you've had something, no matter how traumatic, you know, the perception may be that it is, um, if it's in some way altered your life or your ability to make a living, that's traumatic. Um, it's life altering. So to have the benefit of somebody else shouldering that, I mean, that's a huge thing. Now, what happens if you do get in an accident with, let's say, the driver of the Mercedes? Clyde, that rat bastard, um, didn't have insurance. So what happens then? So if you yourself have insurance, and I highly recommend that everybody in the state of Washington take a look at their UIM, under and uninsured motorist coverage, everybody should have that because 
Sadly, there's too many people who are either uninsured or underinsured. The state minimum is $25,000 for an insurance policy for auto. And, you know, that's just not enough. Typically is not enough. And the only way that you can protect yourself is by having the additional coverage for yourself that then will allow you to get that additional recovery. But as soon as you file a UIM claim with your insurance company, it's your insurance company, you paid the premiums for this UIM coverage, mm-hmm. they become your adversary. They step into the shoes of the party that hurt you. Wow. So they're like, prove it. Correct. Even though you're paying, they're still, they want to minimize what you get. Yep. And they act entirely adverse to you as if they are the party that hurt you even though they're your insurance company. So you can help navigate that as well. Yes. Okay. So it's not just a, um, that's good to know because I think a lot of people also assume that if they were in an accident with somebody that's uninsured, that they don't have any recourse when in fact they're, they can go through their own insurance. I don't think I realize that. And one of the things I do when I interview potential clients is I'm not only looking at the obvious defendant, I'm looking at, are there any other defendants at all that could be responsible for this injury? Auto accidents often turn on not just what the wrong, wrongful driver was doing, but what the road design was, what the signage was. Is there some other condition that created a hazard that led to the accident besides just the, the driver was driving too fast? Right. Well, and, you know, I assume that... Um you know, I know that in the case of an accident, the police go out and they'll take a look at things and they'll look at skid marks and, you know, stopping points and all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's like the blood spatter thing or blood pattern, whatever it is. Um, blood spatter interpretation. That's the one. I used to do that. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. So um, so given that um, past that you have and that past experience and then bringing that into what you currently do. So do you go and check out where an accident's occurred? I absolutely do every single one of them. I had one client that was being represented by a different attorney at the time, but she was unhappy and she was looking at maybe changing attorneys. She called me, told me her story. It was about this dynamic accident. And I said, okay, well, you know, let me go look at the scene and let me call you back. So I went out and I looked, I photographed it. There was Issues with line of sight that had to do with an apartment allowing its greenery to be overgrown so that trying to come out of a driveway, you couldn't see up the street, which is where she was coming from. And so I was looking at different avenues of potential liability and I called her back. I told her what I saw and what I thought. And she said, you know, this other attorney has been representing me for six months. I don't think he's ever seen where the accident occurred. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. You can't understand the dynamics of the accident, the facts of the accident, and who may be responsible or liable for the accident without seeing where it occurred. You just can't. That's that's a huge differentiator because, um, you know, there's the whole expression of like walking a mile in someone's shoes. Well, you know, the fact that you're, you're going, you're checking it out, you're seeing those things that... Um, you know, we just, when you're driving and something happens, it all becomes such a blur. Um, you don't even think about it. So, you know, I think that's, I don't know if that's unique to you or not, but it seems like it's unique to you because I don't know, maybe it's that past death scene investigator. 
Well, I, I come from an investigation background and I have that insatiably curious mind. And I always want to dig into the details, mm -hmm. dig into the facts. Relentless. Relentless. <laughs> Another word that came up in my survey was bloodhound. Okay. I mean, maybe, but like, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, and you know, you do have um, an affinity for dogs. I do. So, I have three. Yeah, exactly. So there is that. Well, I think that that's something else that makes you unique, um, you know, that you really are being an advocate for your clients and really looking at it from every angle and being forthright about, you know, have the conversation, see what is out there for them to potentially get some help and support and compensation or whatever it is that they're potentially do. But also being honest if, you know, there isn't something and this isn't worth pursuing. And the fact that that doesn't, that doesn't cost a dime either way to at least have that conversation. People that, um, that call you, what would you say the percentages of people that, you know, I'm sure many people are like, I don't know if I have something or if I don't have something, you know, but this happened. What would you say Do more people have something than don't? Of people that call, I'd say more people have something that don't. Yeah, I would definitely say that. The ones that actually take that step of doing the research, getting a phone number or getting a referral and taking the action of dialing the number and calling the office, more often than not, they have a valid claim. Okay. Which, you know, that's, I think that's a good smart trend, but it makes me wonder the people that have claims that just don't want to be that person. Right. And I think they're really missing out. Um, potentially, I'm missing out on a full recovery, potentially missing out on getting treatment. I mean, one of the things that we stay on our clients about is getting better. And, you know, we'll hear from them, well, it's hard to get to my appointment, you know, work and school and this and that. Right. And so it's hard to get to my appointment. Okay, well, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Well, you know, it still hurts at the end of the day or, you know, I still can't move my head past this. And it's like, well, then you need to go get treatment. Right. You need to get better and, and getting the treatment helps you get better. And that's what we're here to do, too, is help you recover fully. Mm-hmm. Well, and they have to, um, part of participating in the recovery is even starting with you because that's the way that you can properly recover is to make sure that um, with the insurance that you got to cover the injuries and to cover potential loss of work or loss of income or whatever it is, you know, recovering your life back is you know, it starts with that first step and then you have to participate in it. So you participate by making the call and then you participate by doing the work that, you know, you fought so hard um, to get what they're owed, but then they need to actually follow up and do it. Yeah. As far as the treatment, I mean, that's what we typically tell our clients when they say, well, I don't know if I have time, you know, for a lawsuit. We handle all that. All you need to do is concentrate on getting better. That means going to your appointments. That means doing what the doctors recommend if you need to do physical therapy, et cetera. But we do everything else so yep. you can concentrate on your care and getting better. So that's your job for that period of time yep. to get better. So if I need to find you. We have a website. It's injurylawgroupnw.com. 
Okay. And you could call us at 425-313-1184, or you can email me directly, troy at injurylawgroupnw.com, and I'd love to talk to you. Uh, thank you again to Troy Hunter for visiting our Plateau Partners Pulse podcast. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Same to you, Stacey. Thank you for having me. Why, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, reminding me to move my hose. I appreciate that. I'm telling you, this hose is going to be the death of me or someone else, and I'm going to need you. <laughs> so I very much appreciate it. And, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Troy. As I said, I've used his services personally, and he is a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks, so. Stacey. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Good. I'm so glad. Uh, join us next time when we visit with another one of our Plateau Partners members.